Hello there, and thanks for joining the uh, Psychology Report again today. And uh, the topic today is a parent's pledge. You know, some years ago, I was uh, struck with a number of families that were struggling with drug abuse within their families and particularly with their children. Over the years, this has become an increasing problem. And often, I find this in my counseling office, families coming primarily because of or secondarily because of the drug usage that their children are involved in or exposed to. And to some degree, the fear that they have that they will be exposed to this kind of drug usage. And with the passage of uh, recreational drug use across the country, and by the way, recreational drug use is any kind of use, anytime, anywhere, anyway, because there's nothing that's not recreational. Okay, so you have to kind of just remember that was a uh, uh, ruse, that was kind of a, a lie that our, the American people bought into, Thing is only recreational, like they go out in the park and do this. Everything is recreational in life, if you want to define it that way. But anyway, uh, what I was saying is that with the increase of recreational use, we're going to find more and more families struggling with this issue of drug abuse. I saw a young man uh, twice now in my office over the last two weeks and uh, brain damaged because of his drug use. Drug use over a couple years and uh, I cannot follow his conversation. He cannot follow my conversation. And uh, he can't string three sentences together. But uh, if we can get him off of drugs, we may be able to get some of that brain back. But uh, that's just the downfall. There is nothing good about drug use. There's nothing good about marijuana use. There's nothing good about heroin use. There's nothing good about amphetamine use. A lot of bad about it. There's nothing good about it. So I drafted what I call the parents' pledge. A pledge that the parents would read and sign with their children as to how they're going to deal with this issue in the context of the family. So I call it the parent pledge. Get a piece of paper and pencil out, you may want to take some notes. Or listen, and then you can always redo it and listen to it the second time. But uh, it's, it says this in the preamble. It says, We sincerely and openly pledge to live our lives and take decisive action to keep our home free of drugs. That's what parents pledge to. Alcohol consumption will likewise be absent from our lifestyle or limited to minimal levels on occasion by parents. Okay, to fulfill this pledge, here's what parents then commit to. These are the eight points that parents commit to in this pledge. And you'll see the sense of it. You'll see the, uh, the, the value of it. Uh, in terms of the strengthening of a family and uh, minimizing destructive behavior on the part of parents and on the part of the children. Okay, number one in the pledge says this, to communicate with our child or our children, this means not only transmitting but receiving, truly listening. We, we pledge as parents to respect their ideas and opinions even when they differ from ours. If we disagree, 
we will explain why and calmly try to guide them to the best of our abilities. Okay, here is the concept there in number one. Parents are committing to open communication. Now, parents know how to talk. A lot of parents don't know how to listen. And that becomes the key factor here. Kids want parents who will listen to them. And parents have to learn the skill of listening. It's not just being quiet until the kid stops talking and then say whatever you want to say and give the lecture. But it's interacting with the child on point for point, point for point, communicating both transmitting information as well as receiving information through the listening process. And of course there's going to be disagreement. So if there is disagreement, you'll respect the opinion of the child, understand it, and then discuss it and relate to it. Okay? That's number one. Number two was said this. To respond to our children, our children's problems, rather than reacting to them. Here's the deal on that. Parents react. Kid does something, says something, and a parent just goes ballistic. That's reacting. Without thought, without consideration, without research, without thinking it through. Just em emotionally react. And what this pledge says, I'm not going to do that. As parents, we're going to respond to our child or to our children. And responding means when something happens, as a parent, you do research. You call around, you get information, you think about it, you discuss it together. You consider the options, you consider the alternatives, you consider the best way to handle it, and then you deal with it. So it's responding to a problem or to a child's situation, not reacting, you know, to it. Okay, here's number three. To educate ourselves about drugs and their dangers so that we can in turn effectively impress upon our children why substances are bad for them. Just like I said. So here's the thing about the parent. They ed to commit to educating themselves about drugs. Read a book, read magazines, read articles, go to a lecture, listen to podcasts. I've probably done six or seven podcasts on drug addiction and drug-related behaviors. Go back into my archives and listen to them. But educate yourself about drugs, educate yourself about their dangers, and then you are in a position to effectively communicate with your children and with your child because then you're educated about it, you're knowledgeable about it. I've often found parents totally ignorant about drugs and trying to deal with a child in drug use, and the child is well-studied and well-knowledgeable about drugs because they've read it, they've talked about it, they've considered it, they've talked to others about it, they've used it. They've, in other words, they have. They come from a background of experience. And you as a parent, if you know nothing about it, you're in a disadvantage to discuss this with your child. So you've got to educate yourself. Okay, that's number three. Number four is this. To monitor our children's moods, habits, attitudes, and friendships, which will better enable us as parents to recognize potential substance abuse and prevent it. Okay. A parent has to wake up. A parent has to monitor. A parent has to be observant. Has to be looking. Has to be listening. Has to be smelling. Has to be checking out. Doing a search. 
You have to monitor a child's moods, their habits, their attitudes, and their friendships. Know who your kids are with. Know what they're doing. What kind of kid? Your kid is hanging around kids who do drugs. Your kid is using drugs will, will, or will start tomorrow. What about the habits? If your kid is sleeping long hours, coming home from school and taking a nap for long hours and just going to bed and, and oversleeping, you may have a drug problem on your hands. If your moods are up and down, fluctuating and irritable and agitated and angry, you may have a drug problem on your hands. If attitudes all of a sudden shift, if there's an immediate shift or a sudden shift, you may have a drug problem on your hand. So parents have to be alert, they have to wake, and they have to monitor what their children are doing and who they're with and what their moods are and their attitudes and their behavior patterns. Okay? Okay, that was number four. Number five is this. To help build our child's or our children's self-esteem. Providing and promoting alternatives to chemicals. Helping them feel grown up in ways other than through drugs. Teaching them how to confront problems rather than escape problems through substance abuse. Very powerful commitment there. To help your child establish a sense of self-esteem. To help your child establish a feeling that he is a good person, a well person, a reasonable person, a desirable person, a wanted person, a respected person. And that other people see him in the same way. Help him see that other people think well of him. Help him see that you think well of him or her. And then providing alternatives to chemical use. You got to. What are the alternatives to that? What's the alternative activities? What's the alternative lifestyle? What's the alternative family activities and behaviors that you can engage in to attract the child to stay home and be part of a family rather than to leave the home and be part of somebody else's family or a gang family you know, on the street? That's fine. Number six is this. To confront any youthful drug or alcohol crisis quickly and calmly so that we can make informed and rational decisions that are in the best interest of our child or of our children. In other words, if there's a problem, you're going to confront it quickly, directly, immediately, but under a sense of calmness, and then make informed and rational decisions in dealing with it. You know, the worst thing you can do is just say, oh, that's probably not the case. It's probably just teenagehood. Probably just things that teenagers do. Just a little phase they're going through. Stop giving all these excuses and deal with the issue that's in front of you. There's more to it than you think. Sure, children go through little phases, and sure, adolescents have their adolescent behavior problems, and so on, but they can become aggravated by the drug use. And don't deny the fact that you may have a kid in drug use when you really think it's just kind of a phase of adolescence. Change your thinking. Be smart. Be educated. Be responsive. And deal with it quickly. Get a handle. Understand it quickly. Okay, that's number six. Number seven is this. To get counseling for ourselves as parents, if we have difficulty handling a child's substance use, so that we are in a better position and better able to help them recover from it and be drug-free. It goes without saying. You know, you're not an expert in this area. No parent is an expert in helping their kid through the drug use problem. That requires professional guidance. Get a psychologist 
who has training and knowledge in the area of treating drug addiction of all kinds and start setting up appointments. And I would suggest you start with three or four and then extend it to ten. And by that time, you're going to have a pretty good handle on what you're doing as a family and how you're dealing with this issue as a family. But don't dilly-dally when it comes to counseling. You're not an expert. Recognize that. Go to an expert. Get some help. And then you'll be in a stronger position to be of help to your kid. Okay? And then lastly, here's the eighth point on this thing. To remember that it, what it was like for you to be a child. You know, don't forget that you were a child one time too. You went through your little problems. You went through your little phases. You went through your difficulties. But you know what? Years ago, your difficulties were not like these kids are going through today. Got to remember that also. Sure, you had problems. But these kids have problems beyond what you had. These are serious. These are life-changing. These are life-threatening. These are addiction problems. And when you get into an addiction, that's a lifetime commitment. That's a lifetime sentence. That's a lifetime struggle. So don't fool with it. So that's the parent pledge. The parent pledge. And uh, all those eight points. And if you're a parent, go back over this podcast. Start from the beginning. Pick up these eight points again. Write them out, commit to them, and sign a piece of paper indicating that you're going to do this. You're going to follow these guidelines. You're going to make sure that you are in a strong position to be of help to your kid or your child or your children. Okay? Anyway, nice to have you with me today on the uh, Psychology Report. Go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. The book, Dr. Teach Me to Parent, deals with this issue. Drugs are not allowed in the home. Drugs shall not cross my threshold. So, great book for you as a parent, helping your kids get through their adolescence, through their teenage years, and beyond, but successfully. So, if you're looking for a resource, I recommend my book, Dr. Teach Me to Parent. You'll find that on my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Okay, nice to have you with me, and I certainly... Recommend that if you have an insurance problem and you're disabled or you're in the elderly classification of age and you're on Medicare or you're about ready to go into Medicare, contact Susan Hatch in Clovis, California. Susan Hatch. She's the expert when it comes to Medicare insurance. She'll walk you through it. Give you the alternatives, but give you a wise step of guidance. So if you're in that situation, that's the where I recommend. Susan Hatch, Clovis, California. Anything to do with Medicare insurance. She's the guru when it comes to that. Okay? Okay, bye for now. Thanks for joining me.